Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast, episode 78. How y'all doing, man? Hoping you guys are having a fantastic Sunday. As usual, my friends, ask me any questions you guys have on Instagram, as well as if you are listening to Apple Podcasts. Been a minute since I got a review, so I'd really appreciate you. I appreciate you if you left a review. Uh, Good, bad, don't care. I just want to know your thoughts. Now, guys, you know I'm always talking about investing in yourselves and in your future. You can listen to me all day long, though, talking about investing, getting rich someday, all this stuff. But if you're not out there actually doing it, it's all for nothing. You got to go out and take some action today. And that's why I believe Wealthsimple Trade and Wealthsimple Invest are two of the best platforms in Canada to help you get that done. Wealthsimple Trade is a commission-free platform where you can buy stocks and ETFs super easy and super straightforward. It takes the fluff right out. Wealthsimple Invest is a robo-advisor where they do all the work for you. You just have to put the money in. So guys, check out the show notes for links to either one. I really, really recommend it. Also, they did increase our sign-up bonus for Wealthsimple Trade from 10 to 25 bucks. 25 free bucks just for signing up pretty pretty dope also well simple cash is launching and you get some money if you open an account there so there's just money all around so just go sign up guys link in the show notes below now guys the interview that i have today is actually pretty sick he's actually a former nfl scout his name is john middlecoff i've been listening to his podcast for literally years like a long time um he's on another one of my favorite sportscasters uh, Colin Coward. Friggin' love it. He's hilarious, awesome, great takes. You know, it sounds like, oh, like sports, like what's going on here? But he's actually like, a, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in his story and how he kind of went from a scout to, you know, producing a podcast that does over, you know, a million list or downloads a month, right? Pretty insane stuff. So uh, really interesting guy to talk to. Awesome. We talk about that. We talk about stocks, talk about a lot of things. I think he's a really interesting guy, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode, even if you don't like sports. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast with Mr. John Middlecoff. Let's just dive on into it, baby. John, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for coming on the show. No problem. No problem. Happy to be here. Man, we're just chatting, man. I've been listening to you for years, man. You're, you're doing your thing. Entrepreneur, you're out podcasting talking to like hundreds of thousands man but really quick just kind of tell me a little bit about your past and and kind of how you found yourself where you are right now yeah i mean i just uh you know like most people grew up loving sports and playing sports and then you know it it all ends for some of us sooner than others right so once you end high school you don't really know what you're going to do i went to college and um at a smaller school cal poly uh in like the central coast of california and I, I kind of got involved with the athletic program there. I started doing some, I wrote back, we had school newspapers back then. Like everyone would go to class, grab a newspaper. Yeah. I can't imagine that exists now. It's probably a phone. I, I wrote, I had a little column like once a week in the newspaper, like tried to copy like Bill Simmons. Uh, I was helping out the athletic department and things just kind of grew. And I got an internship my senior year in Kansas City with the Chiefs when Herm Edwards was there. And that kind of started me off on a football path to work at Fresno State. And then from there, I got a job in the NFL. And then once Andy Reid was fired and Chip Kelly came in after the draft, I was fired. And uh, I didn't want to keep moving around. And, you know, I had done the media stuff before in college. And 
I started doing radio stuff and that just kind of took off. And then as everyone knows, listen to this radio's kind of turned into podcasting. So I've kind of yeah. gone that venture and it's a cliff note version of where we're at now. That's amazing. So were you a, a scout in the NFL then? Yeah, I, I did that for three years with the Eagles. And before that with the Fresno state, I worked in recruiting, which is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah just yeah. with high school kids instead of college kids. So yeah, I did that for about five years. That's that's awesome, man. I, I'm curious. I've always wondered. Um, I don't know how it is these days, but like, how much <laughs> greasing is there in, in recruiting high school students versus like the the NFL, like, like scouts and things like that? Yeah, well, at Fresno State, none. <laughs> like, we, you know, you hear stories about Pete Carroll at USC, and yeah. you know, now it it, it happens. Yeah. But at, at the lower levels, I mean, we were not even a power five. It, no, I mean, yeah. you're not getting you, the guys aren't good enough to get uh, to get, you know, hundred dollar handshakes or whatever. But I'm at sure. the, the highest level, it's just basic supply demand. I mean, the better you are, the more people want you and you just have options. And I hear I have friends now that work all over the country that tell me some of these stories now. It's like, holy shit. I mean, it's yeah. pretty uh it's outrageous, but like, I mean, I got, I never had an issue with it. Like I, yeah. you know, it's like capitalism, right? Just well, he's Love paid it. what he's worth. It's, it's, it's the NCAA that doesn't want it to happen where the, the, the football coaches don't care. Yeah. Right. They yeah, just exactly. don't want to get caught because then they get in trouble. But yeah. in the pro, the bet it's why I though aspire to go to the NFL. It's why I like doing what I'm doing now. Like I like the business element of it yeah. in the NFL. You don't even, we pay you to play, right? We pay yeah. you to coach. There's no like, is the football coach making too much money? The soccer coach, you know, it's none of that bullshit. It's all yeah. about money. It's all about football. It's just very black and white. And that's all the arguments in the NFL are just yeah. over money, right? Yeah. I deserve to get paid more. You owe me more money. You yeah. can't trade me because of money. Like it's very, it's like most businesses, right? Contracts and it's, it's what, it's what makes it fun. I think it what's, you know, it's why the NFL is so big. Yeah, you know what? That's that's one thing I really love about your podcast. You talk so much about the business and the economics of it. Really, um, you know, talking about what a player's worth. I remember you talked about like the specific value. I, I mean, do you think that you got a lot of that from scouting, and you really have a good understanding of like um, like player worth, production on the field, things like that? Like, is it re is it really like assets on the field and like how they produce kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, w when you work there, there's a human element because you see everybody every day. So it's not, it's not as like cutthroat. It, I'm detached now, so I don't yeah. care. But like every day, you 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 know, you see Shady McCoy. You're not going like, God, we got to get rid of him for this guy. Yeah. But you're constantly like evaluating all the players in the league. So you're just this guy's better than that guy. It just your assets are your players and and really your coaches too. Mm. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I worked for Howie Roseman, who was very analytical and very, you know, I mean, we were just very progressive when it came to, like, contracts. And that's just how – I just think that's the way the league is. You know, fans talk about players and stuff. But while you're in the league, like, everything is factored in. Like, is this guy better than this guy? How much would he cost? Like, that's – hey, hey, coach, I got this guy. We should get him. Well, how much is he? Like, in free agency, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's just the way you communicate. Or – Definitely with the draft. Like, we need to get this guy. Well, what round do we draft him in? Like, well, how much draft capital do you do? It's just the way the league is. It's not like I do it a little bit different probably on the podcast, but mm. in the way I talk about it. But th those conversations indirectly 
when you work in the NFL, you still have conversations like you would as a fan, right? Like, mm-hmm. is this guy better than this guy? Very black and white. Like, is yeah. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Who's better? You know, something like, yeah. or Stephon Diggs or Keenan Allen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like when you get serious and you're like in a draft meeting or a free agent meeting, the stuff does come up like, well, he's already had torn ACL twice. Like there's no way he's worth what he's already been on, you know, stuff like those conversations just happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, man. And I feel like the salary cap, you know, it's not baseball. You can't just sign everybody. Yeah, there's just there's just a huge there's a huge business element. I mean, I feel like to to me with how advanced analytics are and how much, you know, um, you know, agents and and different uh, management uh, front front staff front offices are looking at it like I wonder why we still see such duds of contracts where they just completely overpay when the numbers would say otherwise. So like, why, why does that still happen? Uh, well, there is, there's a human element to it. Like I drafted this player. I want to be smart, right? I want to show that I got this right. Um, I think there's partly like, I think you see it a lot like with running backs, right? Like I can't believe they gave these guys so much money and well, Jerry Jones and Zeke, like he drafted Zeke and Zeke was good. So it was easy for him to, you know, in, in theory for him to do that. And we saw the guys last year, like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Like you can never pay a running back. And that's easy to say. But tell Sean Payton that when he needs to go play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Alvin Kamara is his best player. Mm-hmm. Tell Mike Zimmer that when their offense goes with Dalvin Cook crushing people. Yeah, so it's, it's just easier to say on Twitter or social media, like the, the analytics show, but it's like then yeah. you play a game and you're like, well, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook on my team than not on my team. So I, that that happens a lot, and I think with quarterbacks, you feel a lot of pressure. Like if the guy is just decent to keep him, and just the 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 baseline costs for a quarterback are just so expensive once they get a contract. Um, I, I think it's always easier to tell someone like, "Oh, just let him walk." Yeah, well, who's going to play the position? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's and it's not like in like baseball, for example. If I'm like the Oakland A's and I have the star player, well, I know I can't pay him. So I just know he's going to go to the Yankees, right? Or wherever in football, it's like, well, everyone has money to pay these guys. So it's like, are you, are you cool just letting this guy go? It's not because you don't have the money, right? Yeah. Sometimes like your salary cap, you might not have the space to fit them in, but if you have the space or can't create the space, you have the cash to pay any player. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. Which makes the NFL, I think such a unique league relative to the other, you know, Toronto, or I mean, uh, you're in Toronto, but the NBA, I was thinking the Raptors, but, yep. and the baseball is like basketball is so dependent. Like the Raptors won the championship. Why mm-hmm. they got Kawhi Leonard, you know, any change yeah. in baseball, like most of the teams that consistently win are the big money teams in yeah. football. I mean, Tom Brady, wherever he goes, they win, but like any team in theory can compete. Right. Yeah. That's what I love about the league is like, I feel like, man, it's people are in the mix like you got so many teams in the mix every single year, like the parody and like the Browns are good now. Right. And next year, like maybe the Raiders are in the mix and maybe like uh, the Cardinals finally break through. Like you just can't ever beside like multiple, like the lions, even the Jags. Like what if I told you the Jags were kind of good. They got the number one overall pick. Yeah. You know, they got a bunch of money. They got urban Meyer, urban Meyer. Yeah. You know, like the equivalent of urban Meyer would be like, uh, in basketball would be like coach K or something. Coach K would never go like the equivalent of what the Jags are in the NBA would be like the T wolves, right? He would never go there, but in the NFL, the fucking Jags are like, Hey, urban, here's $50 million. You want to be our coach? Like, yeah, let's roll. Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's huge. It's huge, man. So I, just taking it back, man. So, you know, Chip Kelly comes in, you know, things don't really work out. Kind of take me to how the fuck you figured shit out for yourself and, and really, you know, got to where you are specifically. I mean, it's obviously radio, from what I understand, was was tough, is even tougher now. Getting into podcasting, it's, a, it's, you know, I know this as well as you. It's a saturated space. How did you carve that out, man? When I got into radio, I didn't really know. Uh, I had a close friend that had a radio show in the Bay Area. He started having me on as a guest. And then the boss of that heard me and kind of liked me and was like, had me around a lot more. So I would come on. And then eventually we got a, a radio show. And so we had the radio show for like three and a half years. But like two years into that radio show, we got a new boss, the guy that originally hired us, kind of like football, like the head coach that had hired us. We were like coordinators or whatever, yeah. left. Like he he just moved to New York to be with his kid and just kind of, he didn't retire, but he kind of like changed jobs. So we got a new head coach. And this new, and we was like, oh, this is not working out well. We didn't see eye to eye. And yeah. so it just, our show ended. Like it wasn't going to get renewed. I wasn't going to get renewed. And we just realized like we have something here. Let's just go into podcasts. This was like 2016. Oh shit. Okay. And so it's like, we were kind of, uh, it, not even early. I, you're, you're early now. Like podcasts are not, I mean, radio has been going on for like 60 years. Podcasts yeah. been going on for like 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, uh, we just started doing it and we got with this company, helped us figure out some ads. And then we just started selling it a little bit and hustled and, but there was like, we don't, I don't claim to like knew what we were doing. We still don't. Like we just got on YouTube this year and stuff I do. So I had another YouTube page that I post some of the stuff I do with Colin up there. So you just, you're constantly just trying to adapt and figure it out as you go. Like I, I just come with the mind. You just start, you just start swinging. You just, yeah. you have an idea of what you want to do. You just kind of go down that path and just kind of figure it out. And then, you know, some people know exactly what they want to do. Like when I worked for the Eagles, Howie Roseman was like born. He wanted to be a GM by the time he was like yeah. eight. Right. And he was just dead set. I, I was never like that. Like I yeah. I had to do this. Right? Yeah. Like I worked in the NFL it was cool, but I didn't like dream of I had to be a general manager. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't dream I had to have a radio show. I, I like doing all these things and I just go full go once I get into them yeah. and just kind of see where you go. And you don't necessarily, it's kind of like, going in the ocean you don't exactly know where you're going you just kind of try to find some land yeah yeah and, and, and when you do it like put up put a high effort in there right yeah put all your chips in the middle of the table and usually if you have any talent at whatever you're doing you'll be okay yeah you bet on yourself yeah no i love that man and i think you know how do you find the the business of podcasting like was it is it a more lucrative than it used to be is it you know how how is the business model work for you if you if you don't mind sharing well, it's basically the way radio works forever is you would have a radio show. They paid you through the ads, right? If they pay you a salary of a hundred grand to host a radio show, well, they're making, you know, at minimum three X off you off the ads. Yeah. So the show is worth whatever they're paying a show, the hosts and the producer, they're making three or four X off that. Mm -hmm. And so once you realize like, we got out of radio, we realized, well, the money's just in the ads. So if we can get the ads, we own all the revenue, right? Mm. So you just kind of figure it out as you went through ad agencies. You basically make your money on ads. You know, that's yeah. just, and uh, when you own the podcast, you own all that revenue, yeah. right? So if you For get sure. big enough, like Rogan or Bill Simmons, like you could legitimately create a business out of it because you have so much money. Right. I mean, I'm not at that point yet, but it's like we have enough to like make more now than we did in radio. And obviously I'm not commuting anywhere. I can do it all from my, my home desk. Yeah. 
but it is, but there is a hustle. Like if you run a business, you have to, you only get what you actually get. Like you got to go gather it and find it. And we work some ad agencies, but it's just, it's just like anything. You got to hustle a little bit. For sure, man. How, so how huge was getting in Colin's feed for the show? Uh, I mean, it was big. I mean, he, when he asked me to do it, it was just, it was a no brainer. Like, how did that happen? Like, how did, did you like know him or like, no, I met him through Twitter, you know? Oh, and, really? uh, yeah, we just became kind of Twitter buddies and started to text DMing, I think. And then we started texting and uh, he had this idea to start this company or, I mean, just do the Twitter feed stuff. And then, mm. yeah, just, he's like, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, sure. So yeah. I just started doing one. Yeah. I mean, like, that's how I found you. I've been listening to Colin longer than I've listened to you. And and I, I came in this three and out thing. You know what I mean? This this three and out thing came and I was like, oh, like, and that's when I was really getting into like NFL. I'm still really into it, obviously, but not as much anymore. That was when I was really into it. And so when you came through and now he's got like a few that come in and I just kind of filter it out. I, I really only listen to you too. But, um, but uh, yeah, like I remember just, you know, it's just a different take. And, you know, I'm always a guy that like, wants to hear two different opinions. And I find that like, you guys are like-minded, but you definitely have different sides of the, the coin on some issues, which, which is, which I like, I like diversity of thought with stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, like it's, it's so crazy. I mean, uh, to, to think that you could literally be sitting in your home and you know, how, like how many, how big is your audience? Yeah. I mean, we're doing seven figures listening every month. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously Colin has a lot of people listening through his feed, so it's just, it's pretty big. I mean, I, I the the thing that it uh, afforded me the ability to do is m so many people that I never would have, you know, you never would have heard of me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, all these people all over the country, football fans or just fans of Colin that just kind of indirectly. And that's why, I, you know, every episode I did, I never, anytime that I'm on his feed, which is every episode I've ever done, you realize like, it's just, you know, an opportunity whether it's, I don't look at it like I'm going to gain like 10,000 people a day, but like if I five new people, like, oh, let's check out the show, then they like it. They keep coming back. And then I got that guy forever. So, you know, I take every That's show me. really, I take really <laughs> every show really seriously. And for every, there's a lot of use, you know, I've yeah. met, you know, done these podcasts with different people that have found me through them, but even like some famous people, like an act, couple actors and players wow. in the, I, I've, I've met a lot of NFL players. Colin, to me, why Colin was like my media hero is because he was not like everyone else, you mm. know? And I think he resonated with smart people and business mm. people, you know, mm. people that did business like Colin, because he talks mm. a lot about money and value and stuff like that. He resonated everyone in the end, like Andy Reid loved him. When I worked at Fresno State, Pat Hill, the head coach loved him. Like head coaches, the GMs like him, smart people in sport, but his friends are like Tony Robbins. Like he just has mm. like, he's a high level guy. And like, I, I, I'm interested in that stuff too. Like, it's why I just naturally talk about a lot of that stuff. Like, that's what interests me. My friends, like I'm not friends with people in the media. I didn't know anyone in the media until I kind of started doing this stuff. My mm. friends are just work normal people jobs, you know, mm. <laughs> like sell yeah, yeah. insurance or farm or sell beer or whatever, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and man, like a big thing with, that's why I love Colin so much is because I remember the first thing I ever saw from him, he was doing an analogy of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And he was talking, I think he was saying like, Russell Westbrook's like that sports car that you can't really take out. I don't even remember what the take was, but I remember just, it was, yeah, yeah. And I just remember being, it's like, who else is talking about shit like this? Who's making it easy to understand like this? And then 
the business aspect. He love he loves to bring in that that uh, the money aspect of talks, and it's just no BS. And it, I, you know, same thing. Well, you, I, as as someone that's listened to sports talk for a long time, I can't. I have a hard time now listening to just like normal sports talk. It just like feels like I, I'm just scripted, fake. Like, yeah, it just it just feels like to, I'll just flip on music or turn on like you know serious CNBC or Howard Stern or something. But it's like yeah. I can't just do generic sports talk really anymore it kind of bores me to be honest yeah. with you and that's whenever anyone asks like advice so just be authentic to yourself but don't try to copy like be just be authentic you know i think a lot of people just follow someone else and just copy carbon copy them mm. and it just kind of it's become so like you said the podcast market saturated i don't necessarily agree with that yet i mean a mm. lot of people are starting podcasts but a lot of them will disappear over the years, you know, for sure. I, I do think just the general sports takes now are like oversaturated. It's like, oh right. yeah, Carson Wentz sucks. Well, no shit, you know, <laughs> or, you know, whatever, right. LeBron's yeah. great. We know. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, what yeah, exactly. can you, can you make it interesting? Like I, and that's where I think like now everyone talks about sports just because so many people like them, but it's like, I can hear the same thing about a Kevin Durant or a Patrick Mahomes. Like anyone could have a generic take about him. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I spend a lot of my time thinking of like different angles and stuff to be interesting about the guys that, you know, cause you, you end up talking about the star quarterbacks or the star NBA players or Tiger Woods, or, I mean, talk about the same guys. That's what yeah. gets you the most universal listens, but you got to have different angles on it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. Which is something Colin's the best at, right? He comes, you're like, where do you think of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was the first guy ever that I heard kind of come on Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, like really get down on him. This is when like he was at, I mean, for me, the media was just like all, I, they, they always are, but really, really just, you know, Aaron Rodgers MVP. I remember it was like, I think it was 2017, 26. And, and Colin was like, I don't know. This guy's got, uh, he's a little bit on the edge, you know, like he's, there's some things here that, you know, pot, you know, his form isn't as uh, crisp as you think. And all this kind of stuff that I was like, he got a lot of heat for. I remember he was taking heat left, right, and center for that. Take. And remember he started playing shitty and like the coach got fired and he was kind of yeah. right on it. And a lot of things Colin gets originally heat on, he turns out right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and that's, because everyone in the media, for example, or just that talks about sports is always going to venture what's the easiest thing to take, mm -hmm. right? It's just the easy route. Mm -hmm. And the easy route is this, everyone has that take. Yeah. But it's also like, that's not necessarily right. It's so easy to be like, oh, this guy's great. And then when he sucks, oh, this guy sucks now. It's like, well, you're yeah. just going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And like, I find he'll that, take like, it. He'll take a legit stance on people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah. And yeah. he'll just put all his chips in the middle of the table and it's not, I don't even think it's fake. Like if he, he didn't think Russell Westbrook was that good and he was yeah. turned out right on that. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Or John wall or, you know, you know, Baker Mayfield, we'll see, but I think overall he was kind of, he said he was immature and the first couple of years were not pretty. And then even this year, like their team stacked, you yeah. know, it's not, he's not like carrying them. Yeah. yeah. Now Baker, if he keeps improving, like Colin will have to change a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, he always owns it too at the Colin right wrong segment every week. Right. So that's, well, that's the thing. thing. It's like, if you, if you miss on a player, like I, I didn't like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson coming out, like it, people are going to have, yeah, you're going to miss. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, just to me, the key on it, when you talk about something and this was no different when I was scouting, they always used to hammer this, just have conviction, like take a stance, mm. you know, have mm. some balls. Yeah. You have to at the end of the day. And, and I think I, you know, me and my, uh, me and my buddies actually ran a sports podcast and we would, I would find that like we would be chatting and things like that, but it is difficult to take a stance that's 
interesting in a sense. And I find that that's one thing that I try to do with this podcast, especially. And that's, I think that is my entire angle is, you know, you think of personal finance, you know, there's a lot of dry shit in it. Right. And I really try to liven it up. And I always say that I'm trying to talk like I'm having a beer with you in a bar and we're just talking shit about, you know, um, the stock market and things like that. Um, and, and I think you, you have to bring that authenticity. You have to bring that different angle. Um, but you know, transitioning into that, I hear you talk about investing sometimes in, in Robin hood and, and you bring that up sometimes. So, uh, the last podcast I listened to, you were talking about how you were, you're into the cannabis and, uh, it was, it was, it was a ride. Take, take, take me through your sort of investing journey, man. And I'm, I'm just curious how you, how you're finding it. Yeah, I'd say the first investment I ever made was when I just graduated college and the financial crisis had kind of hit in like 08. And I remember Wells Fargo was like four or $5. And my cousins who were in business were like, bro, this is a pretty good buy. I didn't really know that much about it. And all I had to my name was like probably like $1,200. Yeah. And I remember putting it all on and checking it like six months later and it was like tripled. I'm like, God, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. And then I just didn't have much money probably over the next like, six years working in football and you're just so in tunnel vision. I didn't really mess with it. And I'd say probably into my thirties, like middle of the last decade, like 14, 15, once you buy a house, you just, I just started watching more CNBC. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just, I, I just, I watch less sports and watch more of that. And you just, you're using all these companies and the ones you like, you might as well invest in or the mm -hmm. sectors, right? Like mm -hmm. to me, the things I'm, I'm huge into cannabis, because I think it hasn't even it hasn't even scratched the surface of what it'll be like when you go into 7-Eleven or wherever you get your groceries that you can just get like cannabis infused drinks or whatever. Just like smokes. Yeah. Yeah. On top of being able to have stuff delivered like we all like, you know, people like to drink recreational re recreationally. Well, there's no hangover when you take a couple edibles if you're just hanging out. So I think mm -hmm. that thing's going to be big. A lot of people that don't even know anything about it, they will like it. Mm -hmm. uh, some people won't, but it's not everyone drinks, you know, mm -hmm. but look at drinking is a huge market. So I've just invested pretty heavily in just cannabis stocks, not just in, in Canada, because for a while, those were the only ones you could invest in. And now America, America has like some ones, but they're not like on the, you know, the NASDAQ. Yeah. So they're kind of like, I don't even know. They have like five tickers and you got to put like a call on them. It's kind of complicated. I'm not like, I'm not claiming to be Jim Cramer here. I just know I like putting large, like five figure investments and take big swings. Like yeah. I, I Tilray, the company that like the, the Reddit guys yep. got on like last yeah. week is something I invested that, in. I invested in that like a year ago or maybe less when it was like five bucks. I'm just like, God, this, this company has been at $300 before it's at five. Now I love cannabis, you know, I'll put, a decent chunk of change, just taking a swing. And it had been steadily going up like the last three or four months. Mm -hmm. And then that thing happened and it was crazy. And I took out, you know, probably like 25 grand, just took out my money plus a little more just to feel good. Cause I wasn't, but I'm not trying to day trade it. Like I was cool with it going to like 200 yeah. bucks. And I still think one day it might. Yeah. And I recently took that money and I put it like in a safe, like ETF, like a yeah, clean yeah. energy ETF. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm like, this is fucking boring. I'm not, I'm not trying to like set my retirement here. So I'm, I, it went down a little bit, the ETF over the last week. I'm going to yeah. take that out once I just get back to even and go my investment. Like I'm investing to try to hit home runs here, not to like pay for my children's college tuition right now fair enough fair enough yeah i mean for me you know i i, I tend to well, be the a etfs are safer huh yeah you know i, I tend to be a, a long-term etf guy s&p 500 like slow and steady kind of thing and um you know but you know there's, there's do they ever fail no i mean not like to put it into context 
if I put a hundred grand into an ETF, is there any chance within two years it's that's like fifty, or more than likely it's going to be up twenty five percent? There's a ton of different ETFs, right? You could get if you get like a full market ETF, you're going to be okay. There's going to have some fluctuations, but overall, if America's growing, you're you're good, right? If America in the long term falls, you're screwed. Right? But that's I mean that's pretty. But that's like the sector apocalypse. ETFs, like if I get into a cannabis ETF and it yeah. crumbles, then I would be fucked. Yeah, the more the more specific you get. The, the higher the return, but the, the the more volatility, the more risk you're taking on. So essentially, like for long term investing, it's SM, like full market ETFs. You 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 know the you know the bit. But if you if you want to invest for the short term, I mean, you do your research. You want to take those swings by all means, man. Well, I, I, I read something the other days. Like uh, you know, people thought that like when people were gold mining, you, you know, you want to invest in gold. They actually want to invest in the products they're going to use to mine exactly. for the gold. Exactly. And it's like for clean energy, like I. Tesla, I'm probably late or whatever, but if every car eventually in America is just going to go this way, right, is going to be clean and electronic, you don't necessarily need to invest in Ford or whoever's going to be forced mm. to change. Invest into the companies that are going to create the technology, right? Because yeah. then they're going to market have the market cornered on basically everything. And I'm going heavy into like rare metals, you know, cleaner stuff. Mm. Uh, anything, I, I love something, and maybe this is wrong because it's about percentages, not the number you buy it at. Mm-hmm. But I do believe when you get something like between 5 and $10 and you believe in the sector and a potential company, the upside on that is just, I would feel much more comfortable buying something at $7 than I do at $50, even though people would say, well, $50 one day becomes $250, same thing as that seven times five. But I just don't, it does feel that it has much, especially with the way people invest now Mm -hmm. and things grow so fast Mm -hmm. that it's just, I love getting companies with big upside at single digits. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but like I've owned Netflix before. And once you're at like 250, like you're probably not getting to a thousand, you know, to make your money go four X or whatever. Now it's safer. Right. Like once you put it in two fifty, you're probably going to minimum double it. But right. I'm not putting in like five hundred thousand dollar investments. So if you For put sure. in a twenty thousand dollar investment, the only way to turn that thing into like a hundred K is to have a pretty big upside. When you get into the larger caps, the the mega caps, there's only so much growth potential. I mean, you're not gonna buy Facebook and 6X unless they literally take over the world. Which, but if you're yeah. super rich and you just want, I yeah. just want a return on my $10 million, yeah. it's an easy one. Like oh, they're going to make way more like money that, yeah. than I'll ever make doing a bunch of $20,000 investments, right? Yeah, yeah. The, so again, the ETFs are made for the rich people, really. ETFs are just for long, long-term long investments uh, to, to grow your wealth and it's passive, right? And I think in the long-term, it's, it's well, it's been proven, it's very, very hard to, beat the market, so to speak. So if you keep, you know, stock picking, things like that over, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to find that you, it'll revert to the mean sort of sort of thing, right? So in the short term, definitely can make some, you know, swings and things like that, win big, things like that. But over time, it starts to, your returns start to like lower as, as because you can't sustain it. And that's been proven through a lot of the literature. So that's the upside to ETFs. It's a long game, but you can also like, like you said, you can get, long-term companies like in their early stages and and ride them out right as long as you have that like horizon um and you know not just fixed in the short term like some day traders might be and i think that's what's hard is like when you do get uh, the right one mm-hmm. right and you were the dude that invests on in amazon at 10 bucks and you mm-hmm. even if you just put five grand or whatever mm-hmm. once you get to a certain point it's hard to not take out your money right every because yeah. whenever people I, I read something like 
If you would have put a thousand dollars into Amazon in 1995, well, yeah, once you hit like 400 grand, you're going to take your cash out, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. you wouldn't have held, you would have sold 15 years ago. Yeah. It's, there's a human element to like, not even just you never go broke taking a profit, but like this is insanity. Like you turn yeah. $5,000 into 300. It's like, we'll see if we can go to a million. Like probably not. For, for, the, for the majority of people, so the stock market's not a great place to get rich is what I always say. It's, it's a great place to build wealth over time. But if you, if you go in and you're like, I'm about to make a million in a year or two, like you might as well not fucking do it because it's just not going to happen. Right. It's, it's that difficult, but over the long term, with compound interest, you know, you know, the whole, you know, thing there, uh, is, is definitely possible. So that's, that's really interesting, man. I didn't know you were this into, um, you know, the, the market and things like that. Yeah. I just, I just, I remember Tony Robbins is like, people are so they, if you just invest in what you believe in, mm -hmm. like if you use Apple all the time, like, well, you'd be crazy to not invest in Apple, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Clearly like uh, Nike or any of these companies, Netflix, like companies that I, I sold and trust me, I, I missed out on a ton of money. I owned before the pandemic square, yeah. Netflix mm -hmm. and uh, Spotify. Fuck. And I said, well, Netflix, <laughs> even if Corona had never hit, like streaming was inevitable. Yeah. yeah. But whatever, that that only basically doubled. Square, mm -hmm. I was like, well, small business is going to shut down. Who's going to use mm -hmm. it? Well, they have the cash app and everything yeah. is becoming paperless. They have gone up like 5X, yeah. <laughs> 5X. That's, that's and Spotify, I think I just wanted money to buy something else and I, I didn't have any free cash, so I just sold that. It was basically even. And then within the next six months, Bill Simmons goes there, Joe Rogan goes there, Michelle mm -hmm. Obama, and it's just like the Kardashians, like bang, bang, boom. And it's gone up about 5X. That's the thing. that With the stock market, there's such a huge emotional element, right? Yeah, you can't. Like, I, I made the move. Like, whatever. I don't yeah. hold. I don't cry over it. But now mm -hmm. you just realize that, like, ideally, you just hold, right? You never want to sell. Yeah, yeah. You, that, that's why I always say it's, it's, you know, buy and hold. And I think. Sometimes you, you need do, the money, do, though, to, you know, exactly. you don't have so the cash, they invest in something else. Do you have, like, long-term positions, like, you just don't touch? Like, you have, like. Do you save for your retirement or is this all just? I, I, have, I have that in real estate in a couple spots that I right. share with a brother and a place I have here that I'm not going to live at forever, but I'm just going to hold. So it's probably right. as of right now, I don't have like a quote unquote 401k, but right. it may, maybe I'm cocky in the sense of like my life. I've only made more and more money and I'm not someone to be like, I'm not looking, I'm not living to get to 65. I don't yeah, even man. think like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. No, I mean, no, if, I, no. if I can't make enough money over the next, 30 year to have to be in a position to worry about. Like, I just don't really live like that. Now, granted, sure. I don't have a family yet. For sure. You know, once you, there probably things change and you just, I'm operating of a position of, uh, kind of single-minded fucking just taking swings. Right. <laughs> if I, if I had two yeah. children and a wife that didn't work, then yeah. I, I probably would not just like randomly today, like sell carnival cruise to invest in this yeah. other you know, uh, rare metals stock that could quadruple, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so well, it's, the thing it, is, I'm yeah. at a different point in my life. Absolutely. And you know what? The stock market isn't the same for everyone. For like you said, you're, you've got different assets like, like real estate. You've got your business that you're betting on. You're putting money, obviously, you're investing capital into, you're, div you're diversified in a sense. So, stock market for you isn't, you know, everything, right? I don't need like the monthly dividend to pay for anything or anything. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's dope, man. And it's, I view it's, it more like educated sports betting because with sports, right. I, I, it's too emotional. And I always make with stocks, I can take a deep breath and be like, I think this is a solid investment. Now, granted, I would never bet like, it's probably also different. I wouldn't bet five or $10,000 on a game. 
where yeah. you feel it's crazy how you feel much more comfortable, even a thousand dollars, you know, right. You just, I wouldn't bet a thousand dollars on a game probably. Maybe yeah. I've done it a couple times in my life, but <laughs> I don't even hesitate to be like, if I had, you know, whatever, 10, $15,000, I wanted to invest in one single stock. If I believe in it, I'll do it within 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different psychology. I mean, for me, you know, I feel very I, comfortable in the market, good or bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's like even when things go bad, like I'm not going to, I think we saw it during Corona. That was unique because we didn't know if like the world was going to shut down. How did you react? How did you react with that? Uh, I sold too many things because I started oh, doing the math. Shit. Come on, like, John. <laughs> but, but I was like, because I, I just started, if we're going to be shut down for six months, small yeah. businesses square. Yeah. But then like you realize looking back, Tony Robbins, I, I wrote this down as the best thing I've, he's ever said was stock market's the one place where things go on sale and people run, right? If Nordstrom's yeah. or Ruth Chris has half off, like fucking lines out the door. Stock yeah. market things yeah. go on sale, people freak, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and my my, my investing philosophy, and it's hard to stick to this 24-7, 365, I only sell when things are green and I only buy when things are red. Sure. I try never to buy on a green day of an yeah. individ, if I'm buying on an individual stock. Right. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. But and I don't uh, even know. That's just my own just kind of feeling out things I've done and things I've missed on. I don't know if that's like Dave Tepper or like whoever some great investor would tell you that doesn't even you don't need to worry about that. But that's just a personal philosophy that I've had. No, absolutely. I mean, again, it depends on your your mindset for, for like, you know, for me. I'm investing for, you know, 25, 30, 40 years. I don't give a fuck what the price is right now because it's going to go up in the future, right? But maybe if it's more of a short-term play, if I'm trying to maybe get out in a year, I have an exit plan, things like that, then that definitely matters, right? So again, you know, if you hear anybody ever say, well, that's stupid, like there's 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 more to it than that, right? Well, and so, sometimes like if, if you have like, uh, if I needed cash from an investment and it was down, let's say like, you know, it's making an even number, like a thousand bucks. And it was like, well, I'll wait till it to get even. Well, if it's if it's enough money that you're going to put into someone, that thousand dollars could swing back, and you won't even like right the price. You can't predict whatever. it, man. Yeah, you just <laughs> you try to time it like this thing's up five percent today, and then you sell it, and then it goes up ten percent the second half of the day. You're like, if you need the money and you're going to do something, you can't even worry about that. The more you do it, the more numb you become to that, and it becomes easier. Especially the long term stuff, like you don't freak out when things are in the red. Yeah, you just buy more. <laughs> Exactly. That's when you keep doubling down. Yeah, ex exactly, man. Uh, last question, man. I'll, I'll let you go. Thank you for your time so far. You know, what? what's, you know, you talked about a few things. What would you say that one thing, uh, what's one thing that a young adult can do to be successful? Like, what's the one trait that you think really does set people apart? Uh, I think personality trait would be like aggression. and but I, But I also think, you know, not everyone's, you know, it's not in everyone's DNA. Some people are more aggressive. Some people are more passive. I think any human being that like gets a singular focus on something they want to do, just put a lot of effort into doing that. Yeah. Just dedicate a lot of time. Yeah. And I think the more time you spend on something, one, you're going to find out eventually if you're good enough to do it. And two, if you are, it'll eventually work. And a little mm -hmm. bit like the stock market, you can't freak out when things go bad. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's like, start a podcast and nobody listens. Well, do you want to do the podcast? You can't fucking worry about that. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like Joe Rogan didn't sell his company day one, right? It took him 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, it just takes some time. And I think a lot of people, how old are you? 23. Yeah. I'd say, you know, I'm 35, I guess 36. 
and people younger than me, probably the internet generation. And I mean, I'm part of that, but like, I was born into the internet. Like, I mean, like when I was in high school, like the internet was kind of dial up. It, you know, you, for the most part of your life, right? The internet has worked and Wi-Fi oh, yeah. and laptops. Life, yeah. I think we're just very, and I'm as impatient as anybody. And I think sometimes in business, you have to be able to take a deep breath and just kind of, I, I see a bigger picture, better like f- money. I'm, I don't really worry about money that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think like career and like where the business is going, I, I can't think big picture that way. Yeah. And I think it helps because, anything that you're going to start off is going to be like, you know, Amazon didn't become Amazon in the nineties. Right. And he started the thing in like 94. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be, it might take five, 10 years. Like it's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, younger people expect like instant shit. And that's just not, you know, unless you create like TikTok or something, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. You can't, be, worried. Time, you can't be like get too caught up in one, like how it looks from the outside. Like if, if people are judging you, like, oh, I can't post this, then you're already fucked. Mm. And two, like how much money you're going to make off doing what you want to do. Because you mm. can profit, I think, off anything if you put your mind to it now with the internet. You can figure out a way to monetize it. But it might take a while. I don't mm. think it happens overnight. No, no, I'd, I'd agree, man. And I think that that's one thing that I found with any venture that I did in, in university when, you know, we do the drop shipping thing or fucking Amazon or, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the one constant that I found was that if you go in with a pure intent to just make money, like you, you've already kind of lost, right? It's, 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 you, there's gotta be more to it for, for, for me at least. Yeah. I, I think, I and just, I think most people beside like maybe like wall street stockbrokers, like even Jeff Bezos or whatever, his vision was to like sell books and do a good job. And then eventually you just, uh, the things change for the better and you're able to really monetize it. But he didn't, I don't think he set out to be the richest human alive. I don't think so either. And I don't think the majority- Most people don't. Bill Gates, he was just trying to make technology. Exactly. The money's a byproduct. And so I think that's one, that's one realization I've made. And and that's, that's, that's huge uh, that you brought up. But John, man, this was, this was honestly a pleasure. I just want to thank you again, man. Honestly, you've been entertaining me for years now, and uh, your, your your takes really keep me updated, man. Because honestly, whenever I kind of fall off a bit, or I'm you know focused on this shit, and I, I haven't listened to too much stuff, I just throw your stuff on, and you just keep me in the loop, and you'll update me, and you're you're really good actually at uh, recollecting and, and bringing timelines, so I'm not just completely lost. So, man, thank you so much uh, for everything you do, and thank you for your time, and and I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care. So there you have it, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really enjoyed chatting with John, and it was kind of surreal to actually talk with him. It's funny, you listen to somebody's voice for, and I kind of had this with a a previous interview too, you listen to somebody for a long time, and to actually talk with them is just kind of crazy. So, uh, man, I really appreciate y'all checking it out. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, John, you know, he's a really... He's, you know, he's a swinger, man. He, like he said, he, he takes big fucking swings. So I, I like that, man. You got to take big swings in life. So uh, whatever aspect you can apply that to in your life, I encourage you to go big. But that's really all I have for you guys today. And again, reminder, Wealth Simple Trade, Wealth Simple Invest. Let's get it, man. Let's build that wealth. Let's get it going. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But for now, I am out this mother. Peace.